Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Top of the Table. I'm your host, Brian Bentley, along with my co-host, Mark Villa, coming from... Hi, everybody. ...from his, his hostel in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm tweeting bitches right now to get people to come watch it's us. All right. They can catch us on. They can catch us on iTunes as well. Oh, okay. Um, all right. A lot of things to talk about today. Primarily, you, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interrupt you right now. I want to talk about Friday and the U.S. Women's National Team against the Dominican Republic. Seven nothing in the first 32 yeah. minutes. Seven nil. Final score of 14 to nothing. I mean. I haven't seen a chick get scored on that much since John Harks discovered um, Mrs. Winalda. I mean, come on. That was outstanding performance by the women's team. That was absolutely amazing. I, I don't know what else to say. I, 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 I'm sure the Dominican team is not feeling really good about it, and they shouldn't. But, uh, wow, what an ass romp. Did you um, expect that? Did you think that they were going to come out after losing a shootout World Cup final and they were going to be at a tad bit. Um, I, I, you know what? Frustrated. After the way hope, after the way hope got treated on Dancing with the Stars, um, yeah, I think Abby felt she had something to prove. I'm not sure why, but I think she did. Uh, but 14 to nothing. Holy and, crap! And I think it was Gonzalez that had five of them. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, you you do Just, know that the women's national. Just the women's wow. national team will be here in uh, Dallas February the 6th for a friendly. Yes. Really? Against whom? Oh, jeez. I'm going to say Australia, but I don't think that's right. Oh, Australian bitches are hot. Wait, sorry, Australian women are very attractive. <laughs> oh. Where's Sarah today? She is coaching today. Oh, uh, yeah. They're from New Zealand, pardon me. Kiwi chicks are February pretty cool. The, Saturday, February the 11th at FC Dallas Stadium, which is oh, no, so, no longer okay. Pizza Hut Park. Yeah. Really? What happened uh, there? Pizza Hut ended their, um, ended their sponsorship. Really? Now, who is FC Dallas' shirt sponsor? They don't have one. Oh, they did. There's, four, there's only four teams in the league that do not have shirt sponsors. Okay. Uh, Kansas City, Colorado, Dallas, and Columbus. All right. Uh, and that also means no more Pizza Hut uh, in the concession stands, which is a good thing, as they've signed a new 15-year deal with uh, uh, the company the cat that the Cowboys co-own, so maybe the press box will be a little bit better. Um, U.S. Women's... You know, there, there's a restaurant chain in Phoenix called Filiberto's. And hopefully some of the fans who went to the men's game last night had a chance to eat at Filberto's or Roberto's or Humberto's. There's a bunch of Berto's chains in Phoenix. But Filberto's, when I lived there back in 96, they got busted by the Humane Society for using... Hold on, let me get your graphic up. I, I, I swear to God it happened. I swear to God they got busted by the health department for using uh, non-par meat product. Um, they had a they had a burrito called the Arizona Burrito, and at the time everyone started calling it the Humane Society Burrito. I mean, I still ate it; it was outstanding. But so yeah, let me see if I thought. get this right. You just recommended a restaurant, then followed it up with an announcement that that rest, said restaurant was busted by the Humane Society for, for serving subpar meat, and then and then I'm sandwiched just, that with another compliment of how good the food was. I'm just saying, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. All right. Just curious. There, if you, next time you talk to Doug, or any roadie for that matter, ask him, um, oh, God, there's a venue in Thailand. No. Uh, and they always tell, they always tell you, oh, go, go to this place to have lunch. It's really good. You get there. And you get there, and you go, and you eat, and it's just magnificent. And it's a beautiful, tender, soft white meat. And you ask guy, was that chicken? Chicken go woof. So you never know. Other cultures may not be wrong. I'm just saying. There we go. Uh, I pretty. I, I, in my head, I can get the chain how we went from women's national team to Pizza Hut Park to concessions to. Oh, because we were talking about no, Pizza Hut. 
we are no we are no way saying that. So do we know why FC? Do we know why they cut ties with FCD, or is it just one of those things that happens over time? One of those things that happens over time. I I didn't mean to say happens. Is is, I just I was switching my water. The Uh, S track. Holy crap! Look at my chins. Holy wow! I'm fat. Will be joining us shortly. Hank Alexander from the Midnight Ride Podcast will be joining us to talk uh, a little New England Revolution football. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna turtle my head so I don't have that so I don't have that neck turtle, thing going on. How's turtle, that? Turtle, oatmeal. Well, that was one of the things I was gonna talk about. Oatmeal, oatmeal, oatmeal. The, uh, we mentioned this on Thursday night. The fire signing a shirt sponsorship with uh, with Quaker. Cutting down uh, to, the, to the number of teams with five without shirt sponsors. Um, if it had been RSL, would have been Cracker. But uh, anyway, hmm. that's Sorry. all. Right. I, I, I pretend like I don't know what goes on a lot of these times. I know everyone just ignores me. I mean, it's easy to do. Um, let's see what else we got before Hank joins us. Um, let's save. Let's save this. Hank's on the way. We'll we'll. Uh, We'll talk. We'll start talking about the U.S. Venezuela game. Let's talk about the men's game before we get to your beloved Manchester United. How crappy was that referee last night? Uh, I, I mean, you know what? There's a lot. There's a lot that can be said, but when players are outright being bear hugged in the box in the area on a corner kick, not one, not two, three and four at a time. And it doesn't get called. And and uh, Galavision blatantly took the time to go back and look at many multiple corner kicks. And the referees, line of sight, had all that taking place right in front of him. How does it not get called? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That that was their um, – it seemed to be the only way they could defend set pieces. Yeah, apparently, I mean, it was I mean, almost like it was a conscious defensive tactic. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't I haven't rewatched the game yet, but on the set piece where Ricardo Clark was somehow just blatantly wide open, got that beautiful header with some amazing power into the back of the net. I, I saw a Venezuelan player on all on hands and knees like a dog, kind of inching his way towards Breck Shea, who was running right. backwards. Yeah, at yeah. Him. Did this guy get knocked over and he no. was just on the ground? Or was he attempting to chop block Breck Shea? I mean, you know, I bitch about the unicorn, but you fuck with my unicorn, I'm going to fuck with you. Well, Breck, Breck you, you don't you don't chop block Breck the unicorn. Breck did, did end up, you know, ass over, ass over Toppling over him. Say, uh, yes. Hold on just one second. Let's make, oh, there's Hank. Oh, yeah, Hank's online. Woohoo. Ooh, Hank. Let's add Mr. Hank Alexandre. Wait, Nick. Well, we should get Nick on too. Just if he's going to watch, we may as well. Well, Liger's on. also here too. Liger. Hey. Oh, Hank. What's up, guys? Hank, you'll not be able to see me as Wirecast takes over my camera, but you'll be able to see Mark. I see Mark. Why is there a naked guy on a horse? <laughs> if you, if you want to see, uh, if you want to see what's going on in, in the chat room, go to geekweek.com forward slash live. Geekweek.com forward slash live. If you care, you yes, to. but. Hey Hank, do you have do you have earbuds no. in? He's got, he's got headphones on. He's good. Headphones. Get, oh, headphones. Okay, sorry, I was looking at something else. Uh, I was looking at porn at the same time. Uh, okay, you got headphones on. Perfect. Different, awesome. different, good different kind of plugs. Geekbeak.com forward slash what? Live. Sweet. And uh, Hank, give us a, a quick plug for your uh, for your podcast, real quick. Sure, my podcast is the Midnight Ride podcast, available on iTunes. Also at uh, www.themidnightride.us. It's a podcast dedicated solely to the misery that surrounds the New England Revolution. I, I love I, I love the immediate the immediate cut to the camera with. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, that's the way it works. That's the way we roll up here. You know, we're we're all about the fellowship of the miserable. That's Hank. I'm digging. I am digging the evil evil Knievel sweater. This is an evil Knievel, my man. You should recognize this. You know, you know what this is. Yes, I do. What is it for those for those listening on? Wait. 
Are we... <laughs> no, I don't. Are, are we on? Is, are we getting a no, replay it's, here? It's going What's going on live on? right now, but then the uh, the replay is also available on iTunes. Yeah. All right. I'm getting a little feedback, like it's being played back in real time. Are you listening to the show at the same time that we're live in your yeah, headphones? Yeah, you, 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 turn, turn the volume. Yeah, down. mute the show. I'm sorry. So what? So what is the shirt? Okay, the shirt is Vitoire. Vitoire. This is uh, Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone. Victory. Very nice. I'm going to stick with Evil Can Evil because that's cooler. <laughs> uh, so, Hank, what is going on? With yeah, Jay, Jay Heaps is your new head coach. How about that? Well, that's what we were going to ask you. More, more specifically, <laughs> what, what, yeah, that how happen? did that happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's an amazing thing. He talks a really good game, I guess. Um, he, uh, Jay, as we know, color analyst for the last couple of years with Comcast Sportsnet, hasn't really been uh, talked about as a coaching prospect at all. You know, and, and I've talked with guys like Taylor and um, Shalri, and all these guys are coaching on the side. That's what they do. And Jay, I think, coached his five-year-old daughter's team on the weekends. I think that was the extent of his coaching. But we would see him out at, at the practices and at the reserve games. He'd always be around. He was always around. I have to give him credit there. He's done his homework on the team. He knew he knew uh, the players well. He knew what they're. He took his analyst job very seriously, uh, and when he was given the opportunity to interview, he simply he nailed it. And I think you know, given the people that they were after, Paul Mariner was never going to leave his job in uh, in Toronto, and then we also had. Uh, Maybe some other prospects out there like Steve Ralston, who was very happy in Houston, I think, and didn't really want to move back to New England. Uh, but, you know, and Jay, like I said, he he talks the talk, and now we just need to see if he can walk the walk. He's uh, He's got a big plate uh, of food to eat, shall we say. He's has been hanging with Shalry on the side or what? He's always hanging around, you know. He, <laughs> I don't think he's hanging with Shari quite in that way. Okay, you know what I mean. I don't think they're, uh, you know, sneaking out behind the stadium at halftime and <laughs> rolling up. <No. a, laughs> let's take let's take a step back. I I I after MLS Cup, I kind of put my head in the sand. Uh, what happened with Nickel? What happened with Nickel? Well, um, Nickel was always. You know, from the beginning of the year, it just kind of seemed like he was coasting to me. He uh, okay. he never really had the full-on uh, attitude like this was the team that's going to win. And he always said his best 11 were out on the field. And we, as you know, members of the media, as we like to call ourselves, uh, we would question him, uh, you know, why – this player over that player. And it's like, well, this guy's not fit. He's not ready. Um, but you have to look at some of the, the people he brought in. You know, you have two over-the-hill Frenchmen he brought in to uh, – and then he replaced a star left back with an aging left back in Didier Dome. He got rid of Sesanovic, and they waved him outright. And look at the career he's – or the year he had out in Kansas City. They just signed him to an extension. Um, and so you have to kind of question those moves. Maybe the pressure was on him from an internal standpoint to finally win one, and he was just rolling the dice with whatever he could. Right. It, it never seemed to click as to the final product, so to speak. It, and, and the players he brought in for, uh, you know, Marco Perovich is a good example. He, we were hoping to get a lot out of him this year. He went down injured, and then during the course of his injury, his contract was up, and so they – they lowballed him, and they said, "Okay, we'll sign you to an extension, but we we don't know to the extent what your knee injury is going to be. So we're not going to give you the extension that we talked about giving you before." And so Marco said, "See you later." Right. So a lot a lot of it's on nickel, but a lot of it's on the front office. And now hopefully the um, you know Sunil Galati's out of the picture, and uh, he was president of the Craft Soccer before he signed off on all the contracts. No matter what you hear, he was the guy signing the dotted line, right. and. I don't necessarily think he, you know, a guy that is maybe in Foxborough three times 
uh, over the course of a year is the guy to be building your team right. or your yeah anything for that matter. So he's doing a stellar job with his other uh, other occupation. <laughs> oh yeah, is he? Uh, is he? Has he been named to FIFA board yet? I was just wondering if if his uh, head was up. Uh, Seth Blatter's rear end far enough. So what about a guy like Gary Smith, former Rapids coach? Uh, we talked about him a little bit on Thursday night. Um, proven that he can coach in this league. He's won a championship. You know, I there was a little bit of talk about Gary Smith, but I think when it comes down to it, the Kraft Soccer organization was never going to get anybody that would be a boat rocker. And that's one thing they definitely not have in Jay Heaps. He's a revs man, you know, craft soccer, bleeds blue, whatever you want to say. The guy is New England through and through, and he's not going to rock the boat. So it was a very safe bet. Safe for, bet for the franchise. Now, is that for, a good for bet the crafts, for the fans? For the crafts, not for the franchise, right? Not for the franchise, but for the crafts, because it's a, it's a win-win situation for the crafts. If, right. And, that's and, what I meant but, to say. Sorry. And it's all on Jay Heaps at this stage, right? If Jay loses, then they've got – you know, they said, well, we gave the guy a chance. He's his first-year coach. We, did, we couldn't expect more from him than we got, but we're going to go in another direction. If Jay wins and has a great season, then it's like, oh, well, we always had faith in Jay. It's, it's, they can't go wrong in that situation. And they also brought in another former player as their strength and conditioning coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Downham? Yeah. I guess he used to play with the Revs back in 2003. And, you know, I haven't heard from about him in years. In fact, I forgot he was even on the roster. It's, he's one of those players. Um, but, yeah, it's, that is something that I always question about the former regime is why aren't these guys practicing twice a day? They suck, you know? They're, they're getting beat at the end of games, constantly time and time again and they're letting in late goals what is going on and yet they're having they have a two-hour practice in the morning and then they're done for the rest of the day and they're going off to sneak in the movies it's it's it was kind of a a system that was in place in new england that was detrimental to the overall health of the team and hopefully and what jay heap says he's going to do is turn that around he's got the strength and conditioning coach he's bringing new technology to look at how the team uh, trains and and how they uh, they perform. They're going to evaluate their performance on the field against certain opponents and and use that in preparation for their next games. And when I heard this, it's like I can't believe they weren't doing this already. It, it was shocking to me that this wasn't part of the re- the regime or their daily regimen or whatever you want to call it. It's uh, it's good to hear that this is what they're going to do going forward. I just hope it works out and and that we start seeing some results from it. Now let's say let's say Hank that they don't suck, but they don't make the playoffs. They're Bad. just above. Let's say for, let's say for the sake of argument, the playoff teams are over five hundred and the Revs are at five hundred. Is that still a successful year for Heaps? I mean, is that something that the ownership keeps him around for for the next season to build on? I think it. I think it depends on the nature of the five hundred season, so to speak. I mean, if they. I think if you see that they don't let in, that they don't lead the league in, in goals conceded, and uh, they score maybe, if they have a positive goal differential, or a, not or, a yeah, sucky, or not leading the league in goals <laughs> allowed, <laughs> right? That's goal, a positive. They were, is what Hank's saying. they were they were the worst when it came to that, and it was uh, it was or one of the worst, if not the not the top they were in the top two uh but in overall i think for a successful season uh i think a winning season would be above and beyond expectations so if he can nail that i think he's nailed down his job for at least two or three years um what would be considered a success breaking i think breaking even would be success um in my mind but i think in the in the mind of most fans uh they want to see results they they want to see wins and they want to see wins on the road. They want to see uh, strong open cup performance, not mailing in an open cup performance like they did last year. And yeah. uh, and I think that kind of attitude, showing them, you know, you look at Kansas City for example as a prime example as a team that turned around their entire franchise in a couple of years. You know, they were really bad, but they took everything seriously. Right. 
and they turned everything around and look at them now. Hey, and they, they were number one. Ace. And their first, their first 10 games. Can you imagine if they had a, a little better schedule not being gone the first 10 games and then coming back? I mean, they, they started out in a, in a rather large hole. It really did. Yeah, that's kind of makes really you, kind of makes you think. What are they going to do this year um, when they're not doing that? Uh, you know, horrible, horrible schedule. I'm anxious to see that now, Hank. Um, oh, I had a great joke about Steve Nichol lined up. I spaced it. Um, <laughs> I've got one. So, not a joke, but a question. Do you, Hank? Do you think Jay Heaps is a as a stopgap, or you think they're really trying to make him their coach of the future? Uh well, because I'm kind of getting the feeling it's like, oh, hey, Jay Heaps is the Jay Heaps is the new was, coach. Oh, okay. I think it was an easy out. Put it that way. You know, it's just like, okay, we can nail this right now. We got Jay. Boom, we're done. Right. Fan re- favorite. Step in. Absolutely. You know, we can't still get, some hope. Can't get Steve Ralston. We'll get Jay Heaps. He's the next best thing. You know, and um, you look at what they've done in the off season since. They, they were eliminated. They got rid of Steve Nichol. They got rid of Sunil Gulati. They've reorganized their front office, and they've got a new head coach. They signed Shaw Reed Joseph to a DP deal. They're doing all the right things on paper. But isn't that all kind of purely cosmetic, though, also? It really is think right polishing, now. I polishing mean, a turd, I think, is the phrase Mark is looking for. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you. Okay. Okay. Steve Nichol. One pair of bike shorts away from the lily coach who molested me back in '89. Is that <laughs> wow? That, with that That's haircut and the glasses. Easy. Just saying. I'm not saying anything about Steve Nichol. Just saying his physical appearance. I'm not saying anything yeah. about Steve Nichol. Just what he looks like. Just I'm just saying. Very, a very yeah. He bears a strong resemblance. Here we send your com- yep, send your comments or complaints to at sc underscore beaner lights. Not to me. So Hank, I mean. Uh, those changes, they are great, and they're going to make a lot of fans really happy, a lot of fans hopeful, but they are kind of cosmetic. Right. Uh, do, do you, as, as a diehard Revs fan, do you really think at any point in time that the Crafts are really going to look at the Revs as anything more than a tax write-off? God, you know, it's really timely that you're bringing this up, because I was actually, right before I got home, I was uh, just left a friend's house. We were watching the Patriots not lose the uh, the playoff game. And, you know, Kraft gets up there to do his speech or whatever, and uh, I was listening to him talk about how he's, you know, saying to all the Patriots fans out there, you're all part of our family, and, and we all love you, and thank you all so much for your support during this emotional year. Because, you know, he just lost his wife this past year and all that stuff about Myra Kraft and the teams wearing MHK on their jerseys. And it's... it's uh, it's really great for the Patriots that they've had this run of success, but at the same time, it's like, do you even know you have a soccer team? Are you do aware? You, does he? <laughs> I, I seriously wonder. I mean, for yeah. everything I've heard from Rose fans and what I've seen on the pitch, does he? You know, it's we've seen Jonathan Kraft at the stadium during Revs games. We he's talked about that. He's and he introduced the uh, the new shirt sponsor that the Revs got this past year. I mean, it was a big year in terms of. You know, for the for the Revs this year, with getting you know Benny Failhaber, their first designated player, and Milton Caraglio, there's definitely some are, huge steps made. Yes, big steps made. But at the same time, it's like, where's the final product? And and you know, Jonathan Kraft is there. He's saying all the right things. Like, oh yeah, we we're looking into the stadium situation. We're doing all the stuff. We we really want to bring the, the the club into the city where we can draw more fans and make it easier for people to access. It's like these are all great things. Why don't you make it happen? And there are lots of roadblocks in the whole stadium thing. I'm not even going to begin to tell you how hard it is to get land in downtown Boston. Yes, but, but they are the crafts. They are the crafts, and they have a history in Boston already, and so which is not a good one. When they tried right. to build, build a stadium for the Patriots, you know, 15 years ago, they uh, when they took over, they almost moved the team to Connecticut. So, I mean, uh, and they ended up, you know, building on the land that they already own. So, was it their idea to get rid of the old guy, the old white helmets with the guy bent over? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, think so. I think three point stance was what he was looking for. Yeah. Okay. Pat, was, Pat, he, Pat, Pat, was he was was he hiking the ball? I. You know, there are a lot of questions about that. Okay. I think it's just in a three-point stance, maybe charging the quarterback, or maybe I don't remember. I, I, I'm asking seriously. I know I'm making. Maybe a he was reaching for the soap. I don't know. But I'm asking. I don't remember. 
Um, oh, John Hanna fans everywhere have just cringed. <laughs> anyway, All right. Yeah. So the, go ahead. Go ahead, Hank. Well, anyway, so yeah, so I'm thinking that the crafts, they, uh, I think it, for for now, it's, you know, it, the thing about the crafts, and I've always said this, is that they've had this fabulous facility in Foxborough, and they want to market that as much as they can, as much as humanly possible. They're, ne- they're never going to get a Super Bowl in Foxborough because of the uh, lack of amenities, the lack of accessibility or whatever. So they're going to milk it for all it's worth. And they don't want to move out of Foxborough. They want to keep the team there. They want to keep the um, the fans going down there using their new billion-dollar Patriot Place Super Mall that they built around Gillette Stadium. There's no incentive for them to leave. They're even trying to build a casino down on the land that they own in Foxborough. Are they uh, native? They are not native. They'd have to lease it out to some native people in order to get the casino passed. But it didn't. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. But I mean, that's how dedicated they are to man. You know, talk about that blood investment. money. They're trying to protect that investment beyond belief. And and right. I don't see that. You know, them moving to Boston, spending a couple hundred million dollars to build a stadium for a soccer team that isn't making them any money. That's that's not incentive for them. So right, I don't see it happening. Uh, good stuff. You okay. can you can get more from uh, more from Hank uh, Hank Alexander if you're now just joining us at no, the, H- on Hank. the Midnight Ride podcast, the Midnight Ride dot US. Yep, Midnight Ride dot the Midnight Ride dot US. The Midnight Ride dot US, and uh, also on iTunes. Awesome. Uh, you want to stay with us? We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about a couple other things. H- I'd love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Last night, Hank, your boy Failhaber. Yeah. I mean, he got tackled like. He was a like, whiny bitch, though, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, but he got tackled like some crack whore that stole Ray Lewis's stash. <laughs> I mean, he got taken down hard. He really did. He got he got manhandled. I don't think he was quite quite expecting that, but uh, you know, he I, I was impressed last night overall. I thought that the uh, the whole team did very very well. Considering and Jermaine Jones especially, I thought did a great job, um, just kind of bossing the midfield. Yes, you know, and uh, it's kind of a. Leaves a sour taste in my mouth that there's this guy who's, you know, just got suspended for eight games and he comes over and gets made team captain of, of our national teams. Like, what are we, are we saying, hey, that was really great? You know, or, or is this kind of a, I think I, I was listening to some other people say, is this a kind of a challenge from Klinsman to Jermaine Jones Saying that this is, uh, hey, you know what? We think you're better than that. We want you. We want you to take some responsibility and show everybody that you're better than that. So we're going to make you the team captain. I think and, it was that a little bit of you know we got your back. You think? I, th- I think it was a mix of both. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I thought Benny did great. I thought Parkers did incredibly well. Dude, what about? Wait, wait hold on, hold on. Uh... <laughs> what about Jeff Cameron? <laughs> hey. Yeah, New Englander in in breeding is is uh is at its finest in Jeff Cameron. I have to say, <laughs> wow, someone needs to take his tweezers how about, away. How about CJ Sapong? CJ Sapong was a beast. Was I don't want to call last night a B team, but I think there were some. Um, it was a B plus. I think team. there were some diamonds that were unearthed yeah. last night. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone played themselves into the squad though. You know it, what it showed me is that there's that there's uh, some hope for the future. I think actually, yes, um, there's I there's mean, definitely some development room, which is good yep. to see. And I, I look I look at a guy like Mike Parkhurst, who's solid defender. He's been around for years, and he's I think this is like second or third look in the in the national team. It's not a lot, and and he's got you know more experience than a lot of those other guys who was out there with last night in terms of you know career. Uh, but is he going to be your starting center back ever in a non-friendly situation? No. No. Um, uh, do, but is he going to get a spot on the bench? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Dean, Dean's saying Bunbury was, shit, was shite last night. Um, Bunbury? I don't know if he was crap, but he was... I, I, he wasn't on. Let's put it that way. He wasn't on. He was he, asked to be a sole forward in a, in a situation where he's not used to being really a sole forward? True. I mean, he's always played alongside 
CJ or Bravo or somebody. He's he's always got somebody there up front with him. So I don't know. I think in that situation, what are you looking for, Bunbury? What are you looking from him? Are you looking for him to hold up the ball, create some chances for the forwards, for the, for Benny? We didn't see a lot of those chances taken. We saw a lot of possession from the U.S. We saw a lot of great ball movement and, and great control, but not a ton of you know true chances. Breck Shea had a handful, yeah. uh, two or three maybe. Right. And, and, and I don't know. I think uh, given the circumstances and, and given the role that CJ was, I mean that Teal was asked to play, I thought he did an okay job. Yeah, I thought AJ did a good job you know, on the back line. I think he had a couple of mishaps, but overall a great game. Uh, Cameron, you know, despite the eyebrows, amazing game. Um, Ricardo Clark, man, who saw that coming? I mean, that was wow. Ricardo, I think I, I, think I made my three-year-old poo himself. When I started yelling "goal" out of nowhere last night. <laughs> I think uh, I, he was the last person I was expecting to score. Yes, That's yeah, sure. exactly. Now. Now let's uh, you know if Aguadello had been in, what do you think the outcome would have been? Do you think we would have had any more chances? Do you yeah. think the configuration, how would it have changed, and you know would it have helped? Well, I think if you have Aguadello in there, I don't think you put in um, Wando no, but, and CJ Sapong, right? Along with Teal Bunbury, or you take out Teal, you put in Aguadello, and then maybe support him. Excuse me, support him with either Wando or Sapong, um, but. Three forwards in there. I I was expecting a little bit more opportunities in the second half. Yeah. Uh, now let's 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 sidestep for a second, Hank. What do you think is going on with uh, Aguadello in New York? As an East Coast uh, guy, what are your thoughts? You know, I don't know. I I think Hans Bach is on crack. <laughs> Just uh, I I don't know how involved he is with that with the actual team itself. He doesn't like to go with them on on road trips. It, you know. It, or for not so important games, so he'd rather stay in New York or something along those lines. I, I don't know how involved um, he has, you know, Agadello in, in the practices or whatever. I haven't seen any of that. But to me, Agadello is still raw, and he needs he needs playing time to develop. Yes, and uh, he should be getting it. I think in New York, and considering, but even he, with, but even with the level of his rawness. Mm-hmm. He still has those amazing flashes of brilliance that can really help his team out. Absolutely, and I think you know if I was Hans Baca, I would be playing him alongside Thierry Henry every chance I get. Yeah, and and just let the kid learn as much as possible from this guy. And hopefully, that's what's happening during training. Um, I don't know if 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 that's the case or not. Henry is at Arsenal right now. He's being checked for a a calf injury. I, I do know that Breck Shea tweeted the other night a free teal, uh, free not teal Bunbury, a free Juan Aguadello image that Juan Aguadello <laughs> himself had tweeted. Um, it doesn't make sense. And at no. some point, we should probably get Fishkin and those guys from uh, Seeing Red. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I tried everybody this week. Everyone's watching the game right now, so. But it's it's um it's confusing to me that. Aguadello's not there. And he gets brought in in small, you know, small supporting roles in the 65th or the 72nd. And he ends up playing really well. And it's like, oh, where's he been? So. It's crazy. Right. There's an interesting conversation in the chat room going on about Django Fett and the Sith. Yes. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, I just added these to are, it. These, <laughs> these are our people. We have uh, uh, Robin, you see there in the chat room. That's Dean from Manchester. And Dean, is, nice. Dean has never seen Star Wars before. Yes. So he's currently being um, uh, educated educated by uh, Nick and Ultra Liger. Well, Dean, uh, my suggestion to you, Dean, is to start with the original. Go out, find the original. Episode 4. Episode 4, find the original VCR. The, okay? Yeah. Just find a VCR, Betamax if you can. But throw it in there and watch it start to finish on VCR before Lucas had a chance to mess with anything. Because only then can you truly appreciate the greatness that was. Yes. You, yes. Will, not, you will not see any, oh, oh, any CGI inserted. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, what was that? Hey. Oh, you, shit. Can you see what my mom sent me? <laughs> no, but it's on your bed. I'm afraid to ask. 
<laughs> it looks like a, a, a Buddha. What is that? Ball. No, that's just you. That's your big old a belly. Ball gag is what it looks like. <laughs> oh, very nice. Oh, look at that. She make, nice. she make that for Pillowcase. She dug that out of your old room, she, huh? Uh, she ironed something on a shirt for you, too, with your name <laughs> on the back. All right, since we're talking, since right. we're talking about... Uh, since we're talking about <laughs> Manchester, let's stay over there real quick. Uh, two big games this morning in the APL. Man City and Tottenham. As Man City goes on to win, wow. they're six up in the league. But of note is Mario Balotelli. Huge, huge win for Mario. Did he really say, I'm fucking amazing on TV, and then just walk away? In the, inter- in the post-game interview? <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I did, he did, uh, did kind of like stand there like... Praise me, I'm I am God. Yeah, he, he ended up he ended up uh, ended up uh, getting a penalty, getting a PK. Right. Basically, was the winner, and as soon as he scored, he did strike the pose. Um, but of note, a uh, an in dispute stomp on Scott Parker's head. That I don't see that. You know, I looked at that a couple of times in the replay, and myself, I didn't think it was a stomp. I think he was off balance, and he was. Staggering around and and it was I think it was purely accidental. I mean, he's not that dumb, is he? Yeah, he I is. think he is, and I think it was an intentional. I, I, was I think I think he, I didn't see it, but I think he is that dumb. I've seen it. I saw it. I didn't think you know when you slow it all down. Everything everything looks intentional when you slow it down, but it's it's got to remember it's the, during the pace of the game. It's real time. It's not that simple. It's uh. Oh, there's Scott Parker's head. I'm going to step on it. It just—that's. I don't think what he was doing, but uh, if you if you get a chance, uh, for yeah, I'll take those of you listening it. on the podcast. Go to theoriginalwinger.com. Theoriginalwinger.com. They uh, they post excellent uh, video breakdowns and highlights and stuff of all the EPL games. You can you can actually see the incident there if you search for Balotelli stomp. So is this Robin Hood? Is that Dean? That is Dean. That's Dean, yes. Dean, yeah, so Dean, Dean thinks it's intentional and that it's it's a it was definitely a stomp and he'll get a ban for it. But I don't know, man. I, it's hard for me to judge after the after the fact. It's like I said, when you slow it down and look at a replay, you know. Do you think he's Do you I, think he's fighting his reputation there? Absolutely. Absolutely, think he's fighting his reputation. I mean, he's got the reputation of being a, you know, a, a five cent head, and uh, you know the fireworks in the bathtub and crap like that. But and also his stupidity on the on the pitch, picking up silly yellow cards and picking up his shirt and showing things. You know why picking up a yellow card? For, why always me? Why always me? And uh, there's lots of crazy stuff. Lots of crazy stuff going on with Mario so, Balotelli. But. So, uh, Mark has not seen it. Hank says no stomp. I say stomp. I agree with Hank saying in the pace of the game, it's not something um, when you lose. Because he does lose his feet, and he's trying to regain. Do, does he? Is he that quick-witted enough that he gathers himself and knows to turn and do it? <laughs> That's my point. I, 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 I agree, but when you see it in, sl- in the context of Mario Balotelli stamp, and then you see it turn, it almost like it turns and he mule kicks him. It, it appears, you know, when when provided out of context. Let's move on. Uh, Man U and Arsenal, the big game on the big boy on Fox this morning. I, I'm just going to say this. Awesome. I, I suck as a player. I suck on the pitch. I am fat and slow, yet. I am aware of who is around me at all times, and I know exactly where they're at. You see, I am I am not. I am, I am a five-cent head player when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm out there running around. I'm trying to find the ball. I'm, I'm always looking for the ball first, and I don't care where the other people are. And if, if somebody happens to be near me and I'm – and I'm jumping up for a ball, and I'm using my arms to, and I elbow somebody in the face. It's not intentional. It happens all the time. Not necessarily with me per se, but you look around the league. It's it's something that people. This happens, okay? You, it does happen. But what, what, the only point I'm making is, and again, I haven't seen it. I'm not laying blame on blame on Balotel. I'm just saying, if I can be aware of my surroundings, it was my skill set being as exceptionally low as it is, 
these players, they know where everyone around them is. I'm not, and yes, everyone goes up, elbows out. It's a natural reflex when you jump to protect your body. That's not, you know, he, he knows who is around him. Whether the stomp was intentional, I don't know. I can't say I haven't seen it. But he knew who was around him and what proximity. That's all. Right. Well, I'll have to look at the replay again just to... Yeah, so do I. i got to watch. I don't know. All right, let's move on to uh, Man U Arsenal, like I said earlier. Man U Arsenal. The, uh, the, big, the big boy, Fox, carrying it this morning. Um, what do we think about the presentation? Pierce Morgan's a cunt! <laughs> what? Who? You know, I, I, huh? I do have to mark these explicit on iTunes when you do that, right? Oh, okay. sorry. Well, since you're already marketing explicitly. Whoa, that easy there. <laughs> bad, bad guy. Bad, bad easy. guy. Um, get a quick, uh, quick uh, reaction on the Fox uh, on the Fox broadcast. They were obviously using the football set. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Piers Morgan only because he he's such an Arsenal homer. They always have him in for Arsenal games. He doesn't provide. Um, I mean, I understand that's kind of the, the novelty of having him in there, but he doesn't provide. Uh, uh, the real, reality is, he's the equivalent of me being on the morning show. Yeah, he doesn't provide value. Yeah, I'm at least funny and attractive. No. Yeah, I mean, I, Pierce Morgan. I, you know, I he's. I don't follow him to the extent that other people do, and obviously, he's got a huge reputation on Twitter already with the, with the. Uh, thing with Michael Owen and all that other stuff. But and with the, I liked the little going back and forth with Rio Ferdinand today uh, yeah. in the pregame. But, I mean, I don't really care who's on the show. I love the fact that we're, we've got it on primetime, baby. Yeah. You know, this is, granted, it's Sunday morning. There's The only other thing on is, well, if it was 30 years ago, it would have been Davy and Goliath. Right. And, uh, Hi, Davy. <laughs> You know, it's just I'm not applaud for that one. That's a great or, or what's his name on CBS Sunday Morning? Uh, and these are those were two Charles, shows that Charles I kind Carl. of. That's the, yes. that's the that's the guy. I'd much rather watch um, watch soccer well, on I, Sunday. I morning. can tell you, I know that uh, our, our friend Jason Longshore in Atlanta tweeted that that uh, the Fox station in Atlanta didn't even run the game. That's no, sad. Atlanta, Milwaukee, somewhere in Florida. Uh, there were like seven markets where they were hemming and hawing about running it in tape delay. Yeah. And, de- and de- there's a great article on Deadspin that gives the rundown of what was on instead of it. Uh, was it like some evangelist television stuff? It was, or something? It was all yeah. over the map. Infomercials all over the map. Somewhere in, in Pennsylvania-ish, uh, well, DirecTV lost local Fox affiliate. And they actually put a graphic on the screen where Fox should be. Don't call us. We know. Ah, that's great. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you look at that. These guys are kind of unaware, I think. And I don't know how much money they pick up from the network. But if they're making a ton of money showing infomercials on their local networks, to be asked to give that up for something that they don't understand. You know, I don't con- I don't think that's. I don't know, condemn it. I just think it's fun. I don't condemn it. I think it's kind of stupid on their, you know, that they're that ignorant that they don't understand what a big game this is and what a big deal it is that there are people in Atlanta and in Florida and in Milwaukee that maybe didn't grow up watching, you know, Hank Aaron play baseball. And these guys come from other countries and they have an interest in this game. And I don't know. I think it's just kind of short-sighted on their part. Uh, as for the game itself. But the game itself, good yeah, idea. For the, for the game <laughs> itself, it was a 2-1 final for, uh, for Man U. Uh, Man U going in Deserved, with a with a 1-0 lead uh, at the half with a uh, Valencia header, uh, which was a well-paid ball. Johnny And, you know, Van Persie shot. Not a, I, I don't want to praise it too much because it was I, the buildup was amazing, but what a great shot. Typical Van Persie, you know, great finish. Um, and you gotta you got to appreciate him for what he is. And just imagine if he had somebody else up there with him. Yeah, you know, you know, it would be an amazing. And let's and let's or, talk. To, or if they or if they kept the ox on, I mean, that's right. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the ox staying. Is he? Is he an academy uh, product from the Arsenal? Is he a yeah. youth product? Yeah, and, and he's been coming. And up. he hadn't played ninety minutes in a game. I okay, mean, that's, and he still hasn't. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering if he ends up at Man City next year, well, just because of the money. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that Van Persie goal because it started on a 
uh, on a break, uh, Rooney Valencia break, uh, with a great defensive play by uh, Kuchesny. Yeah. Sends it the other way in five passes down the field. Van Persie scores between the legs. It was you know it was one of those just turn and fire kind of yeah. things. Um, but an incredible, uh, incredible play to get it started. And you could see the frustration on Valencia as soon as he got stopped. It was two fists in the ground, and it's like, why didn't I shoot it when I do something? Yeah. Uh, and it just turns right back around. I mean, before you know it, five passes, and we're tied at one. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, and we got shelled for a bit there. We held on. Uh, Welbeck, no, I, man. Welbeck. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that, that header, man. That pass from Giggsy. Oh. I thought he was – I thought – Everybody, for the most part, in Manchester, with the exception of Rooney, didn't really have a particularly great game. But um, I thought, for the most part, everybody did a very great job, and I thought that they deserved the win fully. Uh, they, you know, you know, Arsenal just didn't seem to get that final bit of quality in the in the in the last you know third of the pitch that they needed. I just, is, is is it me or does our Shavin star in the Russian version of life goes on? <laughs> Easy. I don't. I'm not a big fan of what I. Don't, I. I just don't get that that substitution. No, that, I. I that, just and I. Nope. And I agree with. Um, I thought Piers Morgan' reaction on the post game was was classic. By, I missed it. What did he say? Basically, uh, he, he just he, he was very frustrated, and Arsene Wenger cost us the game. We lost because of the uh, Arshaven substitution, and he tweeted you know tweets that Arshaven's a muppet. Um, our Shaman is known for being very poor defensively, and it was very. Ha- I mean, I could have given an equally half-hearted attempt at the defensive display that he made there uh, inside the box. I mean, it was a, it was a great play for the for the goals, you know, for Welbeck to get that goal. But he had two chances, two chances to knock the ball away, or at least put a foot in there and didn't do it. Yeah. Well, if our Shaman is a muppet, which muppet is he? Is he Fuzzy Bear? No. No. Or is he... He's Beaker. You know, no, he's not he, Beaker. Is he Beaker? I don't think he's Beaker. Is he, is, he, maybe, is he Walter, the new one from the movie? <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet, so don't, don't, oh. don't hate. Don't hate. I, I'm planning on it. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I think he's more of like uh, you know, Kermit's little nephew, Robin oh, the Frog. Nice. Oh, very like nice. I think that. So. I like that one. Nice. So did you guys already talk about the women's game? We did. We yes, did. I did. I made a very bad reference. Yeah, that got off track pretty quickly, but if you'd like to if you'd like to revisit that, Hank, we would love to have a professional a yeah. professional take on it. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what what can you say? Really, it was just a you know, good old fashioned aspect. It was three it was three nothing <laughs> seven minutes in. I know, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a great uh great display on how not to defend against the United States. <laughs> Boy, I mean, yeah. What I said earlier was that poor goalie. I haven't seen a chick get scored on that much since uh, John Hart's discovered Ronaldo's life. That's how we got off. Yeah, (laughs) I think maybe the Dominican Republic might want to revisit their Title IX policy and maybe invest in a women's softball team instead, or something along those lines. Um, Because if that's the best they've got, yikes! And I asked, I asked Mark this uh, this question: Is um, was this a team that? was coming out like uh, you know had poked the bear they'd lost their uh lost a, a penalty kick world cup final they come out and it didn't matter who the first team was they were going to get a boot in the ass you know i don't think so because i think if it was canada would have been a different scoreline altogether i mean it, it, i don't get me wrong i think the united states is probably still on paper the best women's team around um with brazil maybe a very close second if not like a 1a or 1b um but uh you know, if it, it, any other opponent, I don't think Dominican Republic should have even been on the field with them. To be honest, it was, I thought it was an exhibition game. This is Olympic qualifying, and if that's what they've got, I no offense to the DR, but really, guys, you know, put some guys and and dress them up and drag, put them out on the field in wigs and high heels. I don't care what you have to do, but that's not going to get you're not going to get the job done. Um, and I've and. and Almost like it was kind of an exhibition match, like Harlem Globetrotters, Washington Generals. You know, it was it was that pathetic. Uh, so I I'm looking forward to the next. Uh, I don't know who the the women's team is playing next, but I, I'm hoping it's a little bit uh, 
more competition for them so they can really get geared up for the Olympics. And I, I mentioned yeah. to Mark that there's going to be there's going to be a friendly here, uh, U.S. women's national team against New Zealand here in Frisco on February the 11th. So I should That's ho- hopefully be covering that. February 11th. Yeah. And, and that when the, and that led into uh, Pizza Hut Park is no longer Pizza Hut Park, and there was a whole conversation about food and the Humane Society. And he <laughs> wonders why. You, and you, he wonders why these didn't miss much, Hank. Marked explicit. You didn't miss much, Hank. You think Aguadelo gets the start Monday, Panama? If he's healthy. Wrap up some loose ends here that we've kind of thrown out there. Yeah, well, you know that would be nice to see. Um, Start or second half substitution. I mean, it's this is a, again, it's a warm up for for qualifiers, right? So it's qualifiers for the men start in March, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I think you know he should definitely be on the field for an extended period of time to to give himself the chance to prove that he belongs there. It's just like everybody else. You know, this is this is Klinsman's time to really nail this down. People are saying, oh, I'm tired of this experimental bullshit. So I'm not. You know, I want to know, uh, you know, by March, who are, are starting 11 is going to, you know, at least are starting 18. Right. Who are the starting 18? And right now I have no idea. I, I still don't remember half the guys that played in November. You know, like Fabian Johnson and Danny Williams and um, – well, and then there's Timothy Chandler. I mean, and these, and there are a whole bunch of other names that are still out there. That you know, if if they get this kid from Blackburn, who has who's Welsh but is a was oh, born right. in Tennessee. I mean, if what if some magic happens there and they get this? I mean, this is a whole new. You're looking not just maybe this year, but um, you know, two or three years down the road, we're going to have a whole new group of guys playing in these United States team that we haven't ever even heard of before. Well, now with that in mind, Hank. Is March really a long enough period of time for Klinsman to really get things together? I mean, for the kind of change that fans are demanding to see, the kind of success that we are expecting to have, is this really enough time for him to put together a team? I mean, we've had a good team, and we've seen where they've gone. You can, you, and you can only put so much of that down to coaching. Well, I mean, we got, and I misspoke because we have two things going on here. We, we have Olympic qualifying, and we have World Cup qualifying. And um, I think the World Cup qualifiers are later, but I'm not sure. The But you've got a solid group, I think, that is going to participate in the World Cup qualifying. And, and given the level of op- opposition that we generally face in the World Cup qualifiers here, you know, I think it's safe to say that we're going to qualify for the World Cup. The Olympics is a different story, you know, and it's a... What is the Olympic qualifying system? What is it? Well, it's a similar thing, uh, but in the, and I don't know the, the exact details, so I'm not going to pretend that I do, but it's it's earlier, and it's going to happen over the Olympic start in the summer. So they've got to go through the qualifying period in the spring and then qualify to, to play. I think only 16 teams make it into the Olympics out of all the countries that are competing in the Olympics. So 16 qualify for the soccer uh, thing. So you have to win out your group. You've, I think in the United States or the North America, whatever. Is that Brandy? I'm, I'm sorry. Is that Brandy Chastain? Uh, Universal Sports Desk. Yes, sorry. it is. Women's game is about to kick off. Yeah, is she topless? No, no but she looks good and not HD. No, yeah, she's good. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the women are <laughs> the women are about to kick off against Guatemala. Yes, they are. Uh, let, let's let's uh, let me segue into our last little deal, and we'll get everybody out of here. <clears throat> Jorgen Klinsmann came out and said that uh, both Clint Dempsey and uh, <clears throat> Timmy Howard need to be with bigger clubs. <clears throat> like wow, wow, Mark, you okay there, pal? Yeah, yeah sorry. Th- there's a cat pooping in my backyard. Nice. Knock on the window. Um, Literally scared the crap out of him. Cool. The uh, yeah. Definitely on Clint Dempsey, absolutely. Yes, I agree. Yes. I think I think he definitely needs to be there. Um, now, with but with that in mind, like I said on Thursday night, do you really think any club's going to pay for him and not play him? I think wherever he goes, he's going to get playing time, no matter what. He's got it. I mean, I, I think any place in England right now, they would be a fool to leave him on the bench. 
Okay, the guy is just lighting it up. He's, he's in the top five goal scorers there. Easy. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, uh, he's on fire. Why would you, why would you put the best striker in England on the bench? It's not, it's not even funny. Granted, his first goal against Newcastle, um, was kind of an accident. It just kind of bounced off of him and in, but, um, it, it led to, you know, the first hat trick for any American in the EPL in an EPL game. Did he also just have one in FA cup last week? So, so he, this is back to back weeks. The guys had hat tricks. You'd be stupid not to start him. Tim Howard, on the other hand, in my opinion, is a guy that um, is facing the best opposition on a day-in, day-out basis, no matter who he's playing. I mean, Everton being Everton is kind of a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. Tim Howard is going to have plenty of work to keep his, his skills, you know, razor-sharp for the next half of the season. I don't see Tim Howard's need to move up to a bigger team as much as Clint Dempsey's. And, and Dean says that, uh, you know, Clint Howard, uh, Clint Howard, huh, should, should remind my mind is, uh, Tim Howard couldn't cut it at Man, Man U already. Uh, that was a different scenario. He was young, and I, I, I remember that whole thing with um, well, reading about it and, and stuff and how they actually called him a cripple in the newspaper because of his Tourette right. syndrome and you know or a, a retard or whatever they right. call him it's a sad sad I, state I'm of just affairs providing a counterpoint in terms of saying he yeah. his experience yeah but if you look at his um he had a great uh didn't he beat them in the FA Cup semifinal a couple of years ago in a penalty kick yeah. shootout so there you go in your face right. menu i mean i think tim howard has proved himself on the on some of the best stages he's just not playing in europe Right, he needs to get to. I think that's what Klinsman wants is that he's got to get into a Champions League situation, and where he can play against guys like Messi and Ronaldo and uh, uh, on that level. But I think that the, there's that quality in the in the EPL right today that he's going to get challenged day in day out, no matter where he, no matter who he's playing. So, so, so we've got uh, we we discussed earlier Gary Cahill moving to Chelsea. Um, anything that you've heard, Hank, or would like to see? Take a minute or two, throw it out here before we wrap it up. Uh, you mean in terms of transfer yeah. talks, or I mean, boy, geez. Well, uh, well, you know, Newcastle pulled off a big coup, I think, in signing Sisse, uh, the uh, guy who's been on fire and in, in, um, for Freiburg and uh, in the in the Bundesliga. And so when, but he's at the African Cup of Nations now, along with Dumba Ba. So you can see already Dumba Ba, Dumba Ba. The, uh, I think he can make it happen for for Newcastle when he comes over. If you know, if provided that they make it out of the World uh, Cup of Nations without too many injuries or whatever, you can see how much they missed Dumba Ba yesterday. Um, just having a guy who can hold the ball up at the front of the game really. Adds a level of defense that Newcastle just doesn't have right now. Um, Shola Amiobi, not the answer, but the uh, so I think that's a big, big pickup. And as far as pickups go, the I somebody in the chat room here saying you know like Bolton, Sebastian Latou to Bolton, Sebastian Latou to Bolton it could be interesting. Could be very interesting. We talked about this Thursday. Um, they need help. They've got like six or seven major injuries, and they're you know a, at last check a point from the bottom. And somebody else made a comment on Twitter that, uh, you know, I, I read about um, defense starts at the front. And who's better at defending from the front than Sebastian Latour right now? This guy can hold the ball up there and and he can play the midfield as well as forward. So he can see a lot of a lot of well, playing time. If he is the midfield, his nose is down the field anyway, so that helps. <laughs> hey, you know, he's like Spock, right? I mean, he's crossed between Spock and... Uh, Sam the bald eagle from the Muppets. There you go. <laughs> I like it. But I don't know about Tim Ream going there. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen or not. You know, it's a, I mean, it's happened, but I don't know if it's the right move. Now, do we but, know, is it just scuttlebutt? Did Mick McCarthy get sacked this morning, or is that just rumor? Running no, I, no more than I do, man. All right. uh, hold on, I'll check. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Um, it would be sad because he's a great manager. He's just—I don't think he, is, he doesn't have the money to work. I do know. But I anyway. do know that uh, Emmanuel Frimpong, the uh, hot shot from Arsenal, was loaned out to Wolves uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, has he seen the field? Yeah, Frimpong. I think, so. uh, well, I think. I think, uh, I think McCarthy, like you said, I mean, he's had up and down careers with a lot of different teams, and. Yeah, it's kind of like a yo-yo with him. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. I think he's probably better off sticking with the championship teams, um, bringing them up. You know, maybe being like a, a regular Brian Clough, right? Uh, just keep bringing the guys up, uh, bringing the teams up to the premiership, and then taking on a new project. Uh, you know, if he's not going to get the support he needs from management, I don't think Wolves were ever going to give him that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he's had chances with other big clubs, not big clubs, but other clubs in the EPL, uh, and he's gone down. He's also he's also coached Ireland, right? I mean, he's he's had a pretty good managerial career, more than a lot of other players or have ever had. Yeah, um, you know, players turned coaches. That is so. This is a uh, he'll he'll find a new job if he did get sacked. He'll find a new job. He'll be. You know, coaching whoever gets sent down next year, <laughs> and they'll be bringing yeah. them back up. Yeah, I, I don't see anything on the on the Wolves website showing. Um, yeah, I looked all day. I didn't see anything. I just maybe thought maybe Dean may have heard something more. Yes. No, but um, does he has some Mick McCarthy related Rob, comments that we'll save for the chat room and not for the podcast. Robbie Keane had a great uh, goal that yesterday. One crap goal. Uh, Did he have two goals uh, yesterday? He had two goals yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he had one good one and one crap one. I get you. Well, I won't say crap. I mean, any goal is great, but it was it, it was a it was a knock around. You know, it wasn't. Uh-huh. You know, but hey, he got it in. And the second hey, goal you know, was stunning. What's, what's with all these English teams poaching talent from the MLS? I mean, aren't we a crap league over here? Is, what's up with that? Yeah, I think it bodes well for us. I, I, I like. It. <laughs> I, I I I made a point to someone yesterday that they're like. Well, how come all these American players are going to play in England? I'm like, look, do you know any kid in Texas who grows up playing throwball with the intention of playing in the CFL? Nope. You know, it's, it's, you go to the big league. That's right. what you do. That's what you train but, for. But, you know, at that point, you get a guy like uh, Andrew, uh, excuse me, Billy Schuler out of UNC who was a shoe-in for Generation Adidas contract, and he turned it down to go play in second division uh, Sweden. Um you know, for Hammerby. And, you know, oh, why would you turn that down to, you know, a chance to be a star in MLS and, you know, make $100,000 your first year or whatever? And it's just, well, I want to go play in Europe. It's like you're playing second division Sweden. Is that the pinnacle of European soccer? No. But at the same time, it's Europe. But it's, it's so, coached yeah. by a former Galaxy member. Greg Berhalter. Mm-hmm. And partially go. owned by AG. There you go. But at the same time, and they're probably, you know, they're one of those teams that I think just got sent down the last season. They'll probably get yeah. back up. They'll probably go back up next season. And he's got a shot at getting picked up by another Swedish team if he does well. And then maybe playing in Champions League. So yeah. we'll see. As opposed to? As opposed to Zach Shalosky, who's sitting on his butt in New England. There you go. Hey, he, he could be playing in Chicago. With that, I'm going to go to the plug so it cuts, cuts Mark's mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter underscore dumb. You can follow Sarah, who is not here this week, who is coaching at Holbird. You can always send your questions and comments to Mark at, at SC underscore Beaner Lights. That's Beaner, L I T E S, for those of you listening on iTunes. And if you stuck around this song, God bless you. You can follow the show at Top of the Table TV. Uh, you can also see, um, you can also watch replays of the show uh, at uh, at the website topofthetable.tv. And we want to make sure, Hank, give us a plug at the midnightride.us is the website. Where can they see you on Twitter? Yep. At TMR Podcast for all things related to uh, the Revs. And, uh, you know, for a bit more cynical side, you might want to follow some doofus named Hisco5. He's kind of a, an interesting character to follow. Uh, 
I don't know him personally, just so you know, I claim no knowledge well, of that, I, I, that I character. I don't know who he is, but we'll put a link up to that website and there's two Twitter accounts when the show goes up later tonight. Fantastic, yeah. So thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate hey, it. I had a good time. Thank, thank you, Hank. Hank. Oh, wait, Rapino has the ball in the box! And yeah, nothing, sorry. That's what she uh, said. No, Gene, uh, <laughs> Hank is wearing the uh, Michael Caine jersey from the movie Victory. That's the movie Victory. And no, he will not be jumping Snake River Canyon later. <laughs> well, it depends. Well, what you call that's Snake a River euphemism Canyon. for. Hey, say hi to the wife, Hank. Okay, well. <laughs> Hank Alexander, Midnight Ride Podcast. Uh, we'll have links uh, links up for that later. The show will be up later tonight. Hey, thanks for joining us, Hank. It's good to to uh, to, Hank, to, do, you very much to do a real done. show with you. I had to I had to promise Hank that it was he would not be uh, badgered. <laughs> we have we have a long history, you and I, yes. my friend. So. It's great. Yes. I had a good time. It's a good you show. Come on, Thanks. You I come on anytime you want to, Hank. You're good people. We like you. Definitely. Thank All you. Right. All right. For Hank Alexander, coming to us from Boston, Mark coming to us from LA, and Brian Bentley coming to you from Dallas. We'll see you next week on Top of the Table, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>